0: Where the dynamic. somebody and tell them you're going to be about 10 minutes late, it won't matter that much. Next week, 10 minutes, won't make any difference. And if we hear from the Lord today, it won't matter today either. So here's what I'm going to preach on today. My third message on the blessings of obedience as they are enumerated for us in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Most of you by now know that Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And in chapter 28, God makes some promises to his people. Now it's important that you know the foundation of this message. If you have not heard me preach either of the last two Sundays, I strongly recommend that you go and listen to the message that I preached on September 11th which was a message on the sons of Abraham and the heirs of God. The overall title of my collection of messages. In that message, I made it very clear why we are candidates for the promises of God in the Old Testament. Unless the scriptural truth of the New Testament is understood, you have no basis for thinking that you are a candidate to receive the promises of God of the Old Testament. But when you come to understand that we are sons of Abraham, we're in the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, by faith as Paul taught it in the New Testament, particularly as he taught it in the book of Galatians. And when you understand that, then you become aware that we are candidates to receive the promises of God in our lives just as the Israelites were in the Old Testament. We are surely, according to Paul's teaching, we are surely the sons of Abraham by faith. We are as much candidates for the promises of God to the progeny of Abraham as are as any person born a Jew in this world today. Because we have been adopted into the family of God through regeneration by faith and only by faith, and we become the sons of Abraham. But we are not the circumcision of the flesh, which was the identification of the sons of Abraham according to the flesh. But we are sons of Abraham by the circumcision of the heart, Paul says. And that means that by being sons of Abraham, we are heirs of the promise. I can't preach the whole message to you again. But I hope to stimulate you enough to have you go listen to that if you haven't heard it, because that will give you the foundation for this message today. And then last Sunday, I preached on the next step of receiving the promises of God, which is obedience to His Word and to His commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 28 starts off with the declaration that we must be obedient to God to receive the promises that He's going to enumerate in that chapter. This is what it says, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And then he goes on to tell us, What all these blessings are. Last Sunday, I declared to you that the blessings of God are on conditions. He doesn't just come and say, here it is. Take all of it. He says, if you do this, I will pour out my blessings on you. If you follow my word, you will be honored by me. All of his promises in the Bible, and I gave you promises in the Old Testament and the New Testament... They show the conditions that have to be there for those promises to come to pass. And one of the primary ones that I mentioned last Sunday, again, all of this is in my message last Sunday. When you go to our website, go to the media page, you'll find both of these messages there in completion. One of the things that I emphasized last Sunday was Philippians 4.19. Because I said everybody knows that verse. You may not know the chapter and the verse, but you know what the verse says. That's where it says, My God shall supply all your need according to riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We like to say that. We like to quote it. We like to stand on it. But we have to remember the conditions are laid out in the verses prior to verse 19. And the conditions are, that promise is made to the Philippians because they were givers. They were generous, and they were givers. They supported the work of the ministry, and Paul said, because of that, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not just because he's God, not just because you're you, but because you are serving God, and because you're obedient to him, and because you give according to his word. So now, today, let me get into somewhat the explanation of some of these promises that are laid out for us in Deuteronomy chapter 28. In verse 3, I just read to you verses 1 and 2 about obedience. Now, verse 3 he says, Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. In the city and in the field. For the urbanite and for the rural person. Wherever you may be. He goes on to say in verse 6. I'm going to connect these two, verse 3 and verse 6. In verse 6 he says, Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. That just simply means that wherever you are, God's blessings are real for you and available for you. He will cover you any place wherever that may be. Psalm 137 makes that very clear. And the psalmist said, "Whether shall I go from thy presence? or Where will I flee from your spirit? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I live here, you are there. Even if I make my bed in hell, you are there. Sheol, he said. If I make my bed any place, wherever I am, because I am your child, I will not be out of your presence nor away from your spirit. You walk with me. And what what better promise would you want fulfilled in your life than to know that wherever you go, wherever you are... I'm not talking about walking the paths of sin and living in debauchery. Of course I'm not. I'm talking about when you're living for God and obeying Him, which I've already laid that premise. When you're living for God and obeying obeying Him and walking with Him, wherever you go, God's with you. You don't have to be in Fleming Island for God to bless you. He will bless you here, because He'll bless you wherever you are. You get up and go to New York today, or you fly to California... Do you know that there's no distance with God? He's everywhere. And when you're there, He's there with you because He's promised for His obedient children He will always be with you wherever you are. That means in whatever circumstance you find yourself, in whatever difficulties you find yourself, in whatever complication you're involved, He is with you and He's always there to help. Praise God. And then... And, 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 and the, the part of the scripture I didn't read is verse 6. Blessed shall you be when you come out, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Maybe I didn't read that. Verse 4. I love this. Another promise. Verse 4 of chapter 28. He says, blessed shall be the fruit of your work. Sounds like that's all of ladies, doesn't it? Logically. <laughs> But what he means is that your heirs, your progeny, those who are born of your blood and your flesh, if you are a child of God serving him and walking in his will for his pleasure, your children, Some of you are saying right now, uh uh-oh, he lost me there because he doesn't know my kids. (laughs) No, but I know mine, and therefore I know a lot about yours. (laughs) And I know that the promise is not that always and at all times they will do what you want them to do because you know what's the right thing for them to do. That's not what it says. But what it says is that they are blessed. The blessed, even if they don't know it, and most of them don't for a long time, and sometimes it takes them a long time to find out, but they are blessed because the hand of God, because of you, if you're an obedient child of God, the hand of God has reached out and it is laid upon those children who are born into your family. My children are blessed. They're blessed more than they know. They're blessed beyond their understanding. They're blessed. And that carries on down to their children, your grandchildren. They're blessed. And they're honored to be a part of you because God got hold of your life. When He got hold of your life and you started walking with Him and you obeyed Him, that meant that everybody born of your lineage would be blessed of God. Now, God doesn't force His will upon anybody. Anybody can go astray. But the blessing of God is there. Greatly. You know, I think it's a wonderful thing when God picks up somebody like He picked me up. And I didn't know anything and He saved me. And I, I've always said I was an American heathen. I didn't know anything about God till He saved me. But when I look back on it, the reason I was saved was because first my mother was saved. It doesn't mean I wouldn't have got saved anyway. I, I believe I would have, but but I know that God used. And when my mother was saved, she didn't know it. She didn't understand it. It was a long time before I understood it. But it was because of that that I started feeling a call into the kingdom of God called into salvation. And God will do that for your children. Even if you get a late start, like she did, God will still do that for your children. And then the heritage of the people of God flows down to those who come after And now you're going to say, Pastor, I've got a situation that's not like anybody else. I don't think if I told you my situation, you would say my children are blessed. But you're wrong. I would say that. I went through. Well, I'm, okay. I, went, I I've been put through agony by some of mine. The only one I'm not here today, so I, she's in Maryland. I, she'll hear about it. Too, but, but and I don't say this to criticize them. Not, I, this happens in life. But I do know this. God knew what he was talking about when he said, if you will train up a child, if you will train up a child, line upon line, precept upon precept, make the word of God, and the life of God, the salvation of Jesus Christ known to them. They may depart from it, but at some time in life, I can't pick that time, I couldn't pick that time. If I would, I'd have picked it a lot earlier in a lot of cases. Nor can you, but you can still know and believe that the blessings of God rest upon your children and your grandchildren, upon your lineage, because at some point in time they will come back to the teaching of God that you've planted in them. On. Verse 4 He verse four. also he promises that you're going to be blessed in your life, in your, in your occupation. Call it your occupation, call it your calling, whatever, however you want to put it. But he says, the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle shall be blessed. That means what is produced, what's produced under your, under your direction, under your uh, activity, under your occupation. What is produced will be blessed. It is the promise of a financial blessing that he brings more than one time in these promises. And then he speaks of multiplied possessions. Here we are again. He will give you more and more and more. He will give you all that you need and more multiplied possessions. The increase of your herds and the younger of your flock, he says in verse 4. Jacob is the perfect example of that. He left home with virtually nothing except he had claimed the birthright. And then he went to work for Laban. He started out laboring for Laban, who became his father-in-law. He became his father-in-law twice, in fact. first time he married Leah, he didn't want to marry her, but he did. And then the second time he married Rachel. Now, this is not a promise that you can have two wives. At believe not at the same time. So it's not, that's not the promise here. But the promise is that... In, Jacob found that his herds, as he shared Laban, prospered and grew and enlarged more than in the others. So God promises blessings. And then he promises supernatural increase. I want to get to this one. Because in verse 5 he says, Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Your kneading. Know that you're kneading. Mixing up. Blessed shall be your containers. Your baskets. This shall be what you're doing in production, your kneading bowl. God will bless that. God will honor you. God will honor you with work and with an occupation and honor you with, with finances and prosperity. And I know some of you are finding it difficult, even as I say this, to believe this right now. Some of you have faced difficulties and you're facing difficulties now. And we understand that. I'm not trying to pe- preach past you above you. I'm simply telling you that there's a way out of your complexities. there's a way out of your complications. there's a way out of your uncertainties. there's a way out of the lack that you have in your life and that way out is not is not by deciding to choose your own way and deciding that God has let you down. That way out is by turning to God and believing Him more and more and more and more. Never giving up but holding on. Never turning loose. Never letting go. Keeping yourself right where God wants you to be. Obeying Him. Because remember, the conditions of the promises of God are obedience to Him. And when we do that, It may be that we won't see immediately that flood breaking loose that brings us all that we expect. But I will tell you that it shows you, it promises you, and you can believe it for the Word of God, that if you stand fast, if you stay faithful, if you live in obedience to God, serve Him with all of your heart, keep your faith placed in Him, God will turn your situation around. He will turn your circumstance around. And he will give you blessings beyond that, that you expected or believed you would ever have. I've been blessed in my life. Blessed, blessed, abundantly blessed. And I have no qualms whatsoever about what God can do. I've seen him do beyond the miraculous. God will show that to you. I'm not saying to do the same thing for everybody, but I am going to tell you this, and you think I'm raising money now, you think I'm trying to recruit tithers, go ahead and think that if you want to, so love, know me better than that. I'm trying to say something that will bless you. I'm not raising money for the church. I'm trying to raise something in your heart that's called faith. Sometime after the first of the year, I plan to say to you, Right in this church that God wants us to prove him. And the reason I know that he wants us to prove him is because he said it. I was reading one day and I found it in his word. I found it a long time ago when I found it. But I'm glad I found it because I practiced. I started practicing it. I started putting it into practice and I found out that I could not outgive God. I found that, that no matter what I do for God, God does more for me. And so I'm going to challenge you to believe God. Not because I'm telling you, but because this is what the Bible says. When His promises cover us for, for financial prosperity, as that is the case with verse 12 when He says, You will lend to many nations and borrow from none. You know he wasn't talking about the United States when he said that. But, But he was talking about you and making a promise to you. You'll have more than is needed so that you don't have to borrow, but you can lend. That's the expression. The expression is God will give you beyond, above and beyond. I'm not preaching prosperity. Well, I am preaching prosperity because prosperity is in the Word as long as you keep it under obedience to God. God wants to prosper you. And so here's what he said, Malachi chapter 3. He said, and I'm going to read this just so you know I'm reading it right out of the Bible. Malachi chapter 3, the last book of the Old Testament, third chapter, this is what it says. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby, listen now, and thereby put me to the test. The Old Testament says, and prove me now herewith, says the Lord. Prove me. Test me. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not pour open the windows of heaven. If you do this, he said, I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Or until you have no more room. And then he said, I'll overflow you and give you more than the abundance of all that you could have expected and all that you desired. For that's the declaration of the Apostle Paul who said, My God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even can think. That's the abundance of God. So put me to the test, the Lord says. So if you want to test God and see if his word is true, start tithing. Giving beyond the tithe. You say, Pastor, do you think the tithe is for today? Well, really, I don't believe that tithing is New Testament. I've said to that before. I don't believe the New Testament requires you to tithe. But I believe if you're really a New Testament Christian, you will realize that the tithe is the minimum. You give what beyond the tithe? Because you see, the Apostle Paul took that. If you want to find out what I'm teaching about right now in this moment of this message, you need to go to Second Corinthians chapter, you can start at chapter 8, but I particularly look into chapter 9. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, you will find this very clearly put forth for you. For there, he says, you have a choice. You can sow sparingly, sow your seed sparingly, if that's what you choose to do. And the result of sowing sparingly is that you will then reap sparingly. Or you can make the choice to sow, give, he's talking about money, sow bountifully. And if you plant and sow bountifully, then your reward will be bountiful. I didn't make that up. Paul the Apostle is the one who taught that. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, you see it there, in the full explanation of what I just said. So how does God bless us? He blesses us when we obey. He blesses us in giving when we obey in giving. He blesses us with everything that we need from Him, what we expect from Him, when we give ourselves to Him in obedience. In that area that we obey is the area where God will bless us, with healing, with prosperity, and with glory that's beyond what we've known and what we've experienced in our lives. So, Malachi chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to jump right over to the last one. Now, just in case you haven't noticed, I know you have. You're sitting there with your phone checking the time. See the little flashes all over. I take mine out of my pocket today of all things. Got mixed up by my microphone and then I. So let's see. It's 12.05. Alright, here I go. Here I... I, I I really don't preach by the clock. I'm, I'm just kind of entertaining you for a moment and get your attention back again so I can make one final one final strong point that I want to make, And it is this. Promises us that we will be victorious. You are not defeated. You may be cast down, but you're not forsaken. You may be pushed down, but you can't be kept down. Then he may knock you down, but he can't keep you from getting up. Because you are in Christ victorious. And all the way to the Old Testament, that's exactly what he said. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 13. He said, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. I've heard people say that over and over and over, and I've heard a lot of people say, Well, I don't really I really wasn't sure that they knew what they were talking about. But I know what it means, and perhaps you do too. Probably you do too. It is a promise of victory. It's a promise that you'll be the leader and not the follower. It's a promise that you'll have and not be in the have not category. It's a promise that you'll always have victory, just as the Apostle Paul told it in the New Testament when he said that we are not defeated, will not be defeated, that we are in fact more than conquerors, more than conquerors in Him. Now, you can be defeated if you want to be, but you don't have to be because God's promised you victory. You can live as a conqueror. You can live as an overcomer. You can live in the Spirit of God and have victory, 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 victory. God does not plan for nor promise us defeat. He promises to bring us out of defeat and out of that which is destructive into that which is constructive and which is lifting and exalting and victorious. And that's where God wants us to be. I finally got to raise my right leg and stomp it down. Do you want to be a victor? Do you want to be an overcomer? Do you want to be a conqueror? Do you know when you put overcomer in a Microsoft Word or something like that, and it shows you the words that are misspelled, they'll put a little red line under it that there's no such word as overcomer? That's all right, I know better. I just go right on past it, don't worry about it. When I do the spell check, if it shows up, I say, ignore that. When it says overcomer's not real, I just click the little part that that says, ignore this, ignore it. And the line, the red line goes away and all passes away. Because I know, I know that the dictionary doesn't know better than the Bible does. And I know when the Bible says we're overcomers, we are. You say, but pastor, I'm in a wheelchair. You're an overcomer in a wheelchair. You say, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to meet my budget this week. That's all right. You're a victor on the way to greater victory, on the way to greater overcoming than you've ever been in. That's all right. It may not be exactly the way you want it to be today, but you're on the way to it. You're still a conqueror. You're still an overcomer. You're still a victor. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what your body is telling you. Your body may be telling you, the doctors may give you, be giving you a report, That's telling you something that's going to discourage you and put you down. Listen, my friend. What you need to do is listen to the Word of God. Believe what God says. I'm not saying don't face reality. I'm saying put your faith in the God who says that you are a victor, in the God who says you're an overcomer, in the God who says you're a conqueror. And when His Word says it, it is true. It is true. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you're struggling. You're facing weakness. You're facing those things that are complications. You're wondering how you're going to make this particular thing happen that you need to happen so that your business can prosper, so that something can happen that your family needs. Listen, people, I want to tell you this. God's looking out for you. God's paving the way for you. If you'll walk God's way walk with what he's laid out before you, the result of that will be victory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. I, <laughs> oh, I almost didn't preach today. I'm so glad I did. <laughs> if I didn't know you knew me, I wouldn't say something like this. But I knew I was, Sometimes I just think I, I, I'd rather hear me preaching than anybody I I'll I'm We're overcomers, Marilyn. Wheelchairs don't define who we are. The Word of God defines who we are. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And whatever you're facing today, whatever difficulty you're looking at today, in your family, in your circumstances, whatever the situation may be, you are a winner. You're an overcomer. You're a victor. And if you believe that, stand up with me right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God.